Orchard Radio begins in three, two, one. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. I don't know if there's a black and white answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth and who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's game time. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Order in the court. This is Wretched Radio. Time to play one of them. America's fastest growing game sensations. Which story is your absolute favorite? That's right. Jimmy, as always, you will represent the tens and tens of people as we play a very fast round of which story is your favorite? Because I know you're going to love each and every one of these. The only question is, which one do you love the most? Are you prepared for your earnest responsibility of playing federal head? I am. Absolutely. Story. Number one, did you know that there's an Indian bridal magazine? Maybe, maybe not. But did you know that on the cover, it's a bride with a beard and really hairy arms. That's right. A bridal magazine cover features a hairy bearded biological male. Because that's what we do these days, don't we? I wonder if he's going to get to be a makeup spokesperson. (laughs) I mean, this is... This is so staggering that we are seeing Romans 1 in such a technicolor reality. It's just shocking. When, the, when Romans 1 talks about a world that is becoming increasingly detached from the God they know exists, when they suppress the truth and unrighteousness, and then the coup d'etat is when those in authority in the world affirm their behavior. And that is what you are seeing today. Romans 1, a bearded man on the front cover of the bridal magazine. That's that's contender number one for your favorite story, Jimmy. Okay. Favorite story number two. Oh, boy. We've got a theme. 10,000 Christians condemn GOP's fascist silencing of trans lawmaker if you haven't been following this story and frankly i hope you haven't there is a fellow in montana who is in the legislature who believes he's a woman is it pronounced zui zephyr jimmy i believe so yes i think so okay zui zephyr is the fellow's name was not happy with senate bill 99 And by the way, I do believe the governor of Montana has already signed this bill. Nevertheless, it banned gender-affirming care for minors, which included a suspension of medical practice for at least a year for doctors who go about the business of trashing their Hippocratic oath (laughs) and mutilating children. I just saw another article, incidentally, on transableism. I haven't heard about this for a bit, but apparently it's growing in popularity. There are people who believe that their body is um, handicapped, but it's not. So, for instance, there was a woman in Sweden. She rolls around in a wheelchair, even though her legs are perfectly healthy, no lower back pains. She just feels like she's handicapped. Therefore, she is handicapped in our world that suppresses reality 
This was the gender of uh, the, the, the Senate Bill 99 that said, no, uh, you can't mutilate somebody's body. I'd like to think we won't do that with transabled people because there are some transabled people who, for instance, feel like they don't think they should have an arm. Is a doctor willing to cut off somebody's arm because they don't feel like that it is an appropriate appendage connected to their torso? Probably somewhere, if I had to guess. Zoe Zephyr said, if you vote yes on this bill, I hope the next time you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands. Republican House Speaker deemed her statements. Well, that's what it says right here. Her statements. Their their statement, them, which is statement, whose statements as a breach of decorum. So this individual was censured. And now there's a group of Christians that are saying that was fascist. And they released a document. It's called Faithful America. It's an online community of Christians aiming to put faith into action, pushing for social justice. They're the ones who posted the petition. Over 10,000 have already signed it. Who knows? What they profess to believe, it's an online poll. But I just thought their statement explaining why they feel like this individual shouldn't have been censured is about as close as you're going to get to hearing a pithy junk drawer of every one of the contemporary cliches that is used to shut you down, conservative. Here it is, quote, across the country, Christian nationalist politicians. Well, there's there's one right there. Jingo is... Christian nationalism. Anybody who's even sort of patriotic, you're a Christian nationalist. If you're opposed to something progressive, you're a Christian nationalist. This is why, honestly, I would encourage us to just jettison the term. It would it would be like, okay, not a perfect example, but it would be like saying, well, as a as a Christian, I'm pro-choice. I want a woman to choose life every single time. So I'm going to reclaim the title pro-choice. You'd go, that's probably not smart because the entire culture believes that pro-choice means you want to intentionally take the life of a whole innocent human being. Similarly, Christian nationalist, it is just a phrase that automatically means you're a terrorist and that you want to impose Christian values on everybody. Across the country, Christian nationalist politicians are twisting rules to shut down debate. (laughs) Is this the pot or the kettle federation that posted this? Because I'm getting a little to shut down debate in state capitals. It's a fascist tactic that silences already marginalized community. And undermines democracy. Got to get the undermining democracy in there, too. It wouldn't be progressive without it. I love that. Furthermore, wait a second. Marginalized community. Hey, Jimmy, mm-hmm. can I claim that moniker? Uh, well, you I'm feeling get- like a marginalized community as a Christian. <laughs> so, so um, you, you're wrong. That's what that means. If you're in a marginalized community, you're right. Everybody else is wrong. Why? This is CRT. You are the oppressed. So if you're in a marginalized community, you have power. Anybody who is oppressing you in any way, shape, or form is automatically wrong, even if they're totally right. Doesn't matter. So if you have, as deemed by culture, less power, then you are actually more powerful. That's what it means to be a marginalized community. 
And social justice Christians have a key role to play in pushing back. Cool. Let's rally around Representative Zephyr and show Republicans and the religious right. There we are. And Christians will stand up for our neighbors and for democracy. Jimmy, that's story number two right there. Okay. You got the transgender business Uh in Montana. Story number two. I'm so sorry for this. Story number three. I just put him in a stack. Okay. And let's just be honest, there's a lot of these these days. A transgender Minnesota lawmaker introduces a bill removing anti-pedophile language from the state's Human Rights Act. Well, that's pretty straightforward right there, Jimmy. That's number three. Yep. Number four. See if we can get away from that, shall we? Oh, this one's this one's really good right here. This is This is at least not transgender. This is from the New York Times. Once you see the truth about cars... You can't unsee it. And this article goes on to explain why cars are racist and oppress people. Mm. Yeah. In American consumer lore, you mean history. In American consumer lore, the automobile has always been a freedom machine. And liberty lies on the open road. Yeah, it's been marketed that way. You can go any place you want to whenever you want to. You know, like free societies used to do (laughs) during the cold war vehicles rolled off the assembly line with native american names like pontiac apache dakota cherokee thunderbird and winnebago i i don't know why that's necessarily deemed negative you get a car named after you i i guess but somehow that's negative the ultimate expressions of capitalist triumph and manifest destiny Apparently, Henry Ford and Mr. Pontiac were sitting around saying, how can we let everybody know that we white people are superior and we own this country? We'll name a car a Pontiac. Okay. But for many low-income and minority Americans, automobiles have been turbo-boosted engines of inequality, immobilizing their owners with debt, increasing their exposure to hostile law enforcement, and in general, accelerating the forces that drive apart haves and haves not. Now, it's not that there isn't any truth in that whatsoever you've got to have money to buy a car but that doesn't mean those who own them are oppressive it means that we want to help people who can't can and do but no once you've seen the truth about cars you can't unsee it that's story number four jimmy okay number three transgender minnesota let's make pedophilia an acceptable part of the rainbow shall we Ten thousand christians Condemning GOP's fascist silencing. And number one, the bridal magazine cover that features a hairy bearded biological male. Jimmy, you be the judge. What do you say, sir? My favorite story has to be racist cars. (laughs) You can't make that up. Did it hurt to say that? Say (laughs) say it like this. I, Jimmy. I, Jimmy. Love the racist car story. Love the racist car story. Cool. This... (laughs) is Wretched Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, 
very busy, saving babies, saving souls, would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Hopefully you're enjoying all those resources that I've noticed you've been picking up at wretched.org. We're grateful for that. But can I tell you something even more exciting? You can be a part of something even bigger than that because you can partner with us by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner and help us to reach millions more with the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ through our culturally compelling, biblically sound, and gospel-centered productions. Your support is vital to that mission because our goal is not just to preach the gospel, but it's also to equip people to do the same and strengthen the local church. And we do this through our programs like Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, Transformed Couples, The Transformed Podcast, Breaking Bread, and others. Can't do it alone. We need your prayerful consideration to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. All you have to do is head over to wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Know your church fathers. Theophilus of Antioch lived a pagan lifestyle until he was converted by reading the scriptures. His most notable work, Apology, was written to an unbelieving friend to show that the scriptures were self-authenticating and argued that the antiquity, clarity, and consistency of the scriptures prove their divine origin. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Look out, Mercedes-Benz. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, you thought having a car named after you would be quite an honor. It would be. So it got you to thinking, and you've decided to start up your own automobile manufacturing line, correct? Absolutely. Called? The Handsome Hicks. The Handsome Hicks. I I can just imagine it now. I I, I can imagine that we'd bring back that, do you remember? I think this goes back to the 80s. When we used to put leather straps on the front of our cars, it was supposed to be a bug protector and simultaneously made your car look really groovy. We bring that back, mm. but instead of, we'll call it the Hicks beard. Oh, yeah, that's you got to have that. Got to have that. But here's the tricky thing. 
if you decide to shave off the beard, it grows back before you can even get back into the driver's seat. <laughs> what you do, right? When, and speaking of seats, they'd probably be, you know, those seat covers that are kind of furry? Uh, uh, That'd be standard. <laughs> what are you saying? And the radio station would just be, you just have one channel on your radio. Country. Okay. All Garth Brooks. All the time. It's the what is it called? The handsome Hicks. The handsome one? Hicks. Yeah. Yeah. Now is that the top of the line model that comes with all of these features, or do you have your introductory line titled the not entirely ugly Hicks mobile? You gotta have an entry point, and then you go up to the pretty good looking Hicks, which will make people long for having. The handsome Hicksmobile. I'm going to be rich. Glad I could help. Let's <laughs> talk games some more, shall we? Specifically, the games that young people seem to be addicted to. Not kidding. Talking, of course, about video games. This is a subject that is worthy of our attention because the kids are given a lot of attention to video games. A number of articles written lately. This is from Sarah Ekoff Zilstra. I hope I got that right. Helping the generation of young men captivated and isolated by video games. In 1999, 50% of teen boys played video games for 34 minutes per day. Today, 97% of boys play for an average of 2 hours and 20 minutes a day. That's why chores aren't getting done, mom and dad. Their thumbs are in tremendous shape, but they are frittering away their time. Noontime, suppertime, chore time, too. They are just addicted to these two hours and 20 minutes a day. That's the average. Globally, social networking sites made $153 billion in 2021. That's more than Hollywood, Starbucks, and the NFL combined. Video game industry, bigger yet, raking in $180 billion. Yikes. More than 40%. Of the 7.8 billion people on the planet play, in America, among teen boys, 97% are playing games. Half of American gamers report missing sleep in order to play. I got to tell you, sleep is a big deal. I remember uh, Charles Hodges, I believe, not the theologian, the medical doctor who's a biblical counselor. You maybe will recall this. It's so remarkable if somebody comes to him for biblical counseling saying, I'm anxious or I'm depressed, as a good medical doctor, biblical counselor will do, he asks some rudimentary questions about health. And one of them is, how much sleep are you getting every night? And if they say less than eight hours, he'll tell them, go spend the next two weeks sleeping for eight hours a night and come back and tell me how you're feeling. It's a big deal, the sleep. And maybe just maybe that is one of the re one of the reasons so many kids are blue or they're missing sleep to play video games. A third have missed meals and a quarter have skipped showers. Huh. I might explain. Although a quarter of teenagers not showering, that sounds pretty much like when we were growing up. More than 10% have missed work because of games. Zoinks, Scoob. There was an interesting observation in this, this particular article that one of the reasons that boys and men are attracted to these games is because there is something inside of them that desires to conquer, that desires to fight and defend and win. And I don't know that that's actually wrong. There is something uniquely male 
about wanting to be in competition, about wanting to do battle. And I think the reason is because that's the way that God made us. If you have not yet begun listening to the Dr. Greg Gifford Transform podcast, was it lecture two, I believe, yes. was on purity uh-huh. this, this weekend? Do you remember the text you got Saturday morning, Jimmy? I do remember. What was the text? Where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? <laughs> Somehow it made it up on all the other formats, but the one I use, Spotify, for whatever that's worth, probably because it's the easiest one to use, it wasn't there. Yeah, Where's I'm- the podcast, man? I need to hear part two of this. The first aspect of being a manly man was courage. Courage. Defending weaker doing it whether you feel like it or not. And when we fail to do that task, then we're not being manly. His second attribute was purity. And I got to tell you, he had a word for you. If you are if you are thinking you are going to get away with having a lascivious mind, you're not. He was emphatic. If your internal life is not under control, it's just a matter of time before your external life reflects it. You think, oh, no, 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 no. I just have fantasies in my head. Pretty soon, you're going to want to act them out. And furthermore, those fantasies, if not curtailed, are going to get darker and darker. And you're going to desire to live them out in some way, shape, or form. In other words, get your thought life under control. I know Dennis Prager doesn't think that's a big deal when it comes to porn, but God most certainly does. The heart is the internal you. It's your will, your mind, your emotions. And if you don't have your heart purified regularly, I got to tell you, then pretty soon your hands, your feet, your eyes, you are going to go to very bad places. Encourage you to listen to the Transform podcast. You can find it on your favorite podcast podcasting system thing on Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, unless you have Spotify. Then just text me. Then just text (laughs) Jimmy. In 2019, the World Health Organization identified something called gaming disorder. Zoinks, scoob. More stats. There's tons of them. You get the point. But I thought these were interesting statistics. This is from, oh, same lady. Different article, same lady. Five stats for parents to know about teen digital media use. One, Kids in intact families spend less time on digital media. Hmm, that's fascinating. Two, intact families have more clear rules about screen time. Hmm, you'd think God designed it that way. Three, kids from intact families with low digital media use tend to be less depressed, lonely, dissatisfied with life, and sleep deprived. Four, moms matter. Moms are primarily the ones approving apps and telling kids it's time to get off. Uh, That should be at least 50-50, Pop. Number five, in all families, parents have a hard time putting down the phone. In other words, we're not always modeling our control of the social media machine and the gaming business. From uh, Jessica Prohl-Smith, Raising AI Resilient Kids. You, you you might want to let your kids play the games. You might want to let them on social media. These might be some things that you want to incorporate into how you help your child not become an addict. Number one, 
respect the human innovation and brilliance that brought us here. Okay, you can look at it and go, that's really clever. Somebody put some clever stuff into that because we don't have to be just anti-electronics and anti-gaming. Two, refuse to confuse knowledge with wisdom. In other words, just because you get a lot of knowledge from the internet thing doesn't mean you're gaining wisdom. Three, engage with the natural world and limit screen time. Hmm. Number four, practice sympathy and foster friendship. This is, in other words, uh, when you are dealing with people, I'll just I'll just let her say it. Practice sympathy and foster friendship. The ministry will likely become more sophisticated, but the chatbot can never rival or replace interaction with another image bearer of the living God. So don't let your kids be confused in thinking that this is the real world when they're staring at something that glows and lights up their brain. Mom and dad, encourage you to consider getting a game plan. We do talk about gaming on our new resource, Wretched Worldview 2. Dr. Nathan Booznitz is on it. It killed me to say so, but <clears throat> can't make a law where there is no law. It's not a sin to play a video game unless, of course, the video game itself is sinful. It depreciates the image of image bearers. I don't think that a Christian should be playing those games, but if it's a skill game, it's not a murder game, an indiscriminate, just shoot up the bad guys sort of game. I, I, I don't think those have any place in the Christian repertoire of gaming. But if it is a game that is in and of itself challenging, you like to play it, it's kind of fun, and it's not sinful, then game on if you must. But watch the clock. You're going to be shocked at how much time gets consumed playing games. And we're not doing our kids a favor by letting them spend two and a half hours a day when they should be doing other things that advance them in order to become a better Christian citizen. Mom and Dad, may I ask, what is your, get ready for this, Jamie, game plan? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is Wretched Radio. It's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And our first story today involves, unfortunately, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She voiced her displeasure with the GOP recently and their focus on transgender issues. Pelosi called their opposition to the Equality Act, quote, shameful, and accused them of using transphobia as a political tool. Pot meat kennel. Kettle meat pot. In case you're wondering, I guess she's the pot and the kettle both. Because why not? A new survey from Pew Research Center is causing a bit of a stir in 16 countries. The survey says that most adults in these countries believe it's not necessary to believe in God to lead a moral life. The countries leading the pack in the belief are Sweden, Belgium, and the Netherlands. Meanwhile, here in the good old U.S. of A, 56% of adults still believe you need a little faith to be moral. Just a little. And next, heading to Missouri, a 12-year-old boy was sent home from school for wearing a t-shirt asserting that there are only two genders. He stood up at the school board meeting, told his story, and his dad's thinking about legal action. <laughs> this school and school board is just setting a great example to kids everywhere, aren't they? Tell the truth or agree with the truth, you get expelled from school because truth isn't truth. Political propaganda, now that's truth. 
Well, moving on to the world of animation, there's a new animated series called Frog and Toad, and the series showrunner Adam Peltzman was recently interviewed, and he talked about the queer undertones in the series. I hate that word so much. Now, before you get your feathers all ruffled, he says that he didn't intend to create a show with those themes. It just sort of happened. I guess it's like going to the grocery store for milk and bread and you come out 45 minutes later with everything but the milk and bread. Must be the same thing. And in the world of soda, the shareholders of Coca-Cola have overwhelmingly rejected a proposal to stop selling products in pro-life states. Is that a thing? I guess apparently it was proposed as the supporters of the proposal claimed that continuing to sell their product in these states would tarnish the company's reputation. 97% of the shareholders, however, think otherwise. 97% because they prefer their Coke with a little side of common sense and not political agenda. The Supreme Court's also in the news. They've upheld a pro-life law that requires proper burial and cremation for babies murdered in abortions. The law was originally passed in 2020, and it faced challenges from abortion providers who claimed it put an undue burden on women. But the court decided that the law is a reasonable regulation. An undue burden, huh? I guess that seems right in a world where we try to avoid life burdens or the consequences of our actions. That does seem about right. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Important dates in Christian history. 1549. Archbishop Thomas Cranmer produces the Book of Common Prayer for the Church of England. Henry VIII created the Anglican Church as a mirror of the Catholic Church. But the Book of Common Prayer helped to mold the Church of England into a Protestant church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What is Jimmy going to do with all this money. <laughs> this is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, I got another money-making idea for you. Uh -huh. Besides the handsome Hicksmobile, go into the polling business. I'm telling you, there are big bucks to be made in the polling business. For instance, uh -huh. here's a study reported on in the Washington Examiner. Ready for this? Fathers model masculinity for sons, study finds. Get out of here. Whoa. Good thing we had a poll for that. So, Jimmy, I'm thinking just write up the press release right now. Don't worry about actually having any science behind it, because I, I think <laughs> I think this one will sell. Mothers model femininity for their daughters. Ooh. Study finds. That's so profound. You are going to be raking in the cash <laughs> as long as we're talking about youth. Let's talk about resume builders. Perhaps you saw this story. It made its way into Fox News. See, and everybody was talking about Gen Z. And if you're Gen Z, this is not going to be another screed against your generation. Frankly, we've had enough of those. I've stated this, I don't know how many times, but it's always worth reminding ourselves that the next generation is going to be different from us. That is a given that happens with every generation. And it's the older generation's job to download wisdom to the younger generation as they sort out what it means to be an adult in this world. And I have found that there are a lot of attractive aspects to Gen Z. I know they're called all kinds of pejoratives these days, but I, I just see there's some stuff that we can learn from them. One preeminent, I think, is their form of communication. Now, 
I'm sure that Gen Zers can be snarky and mean to one another, but I don't see it. I, I, I see them saying and talking to one another very respectfully as a rule. I'm sure it gets violated, but as a rule, when they're correcting one another or disagreeing with one another, it is just done in a way that I find to be very compelling because I don't know that my generation is as good at it. Frankly, we just tend, we have to couch it, don't we? We have to use about 50 disclaimers. Hey, look, I'm not trying to be mean to you. Hey, um, it's it's not because I dislike you or anything, but hey, don't mistake what I'm about to say for any. But Gen Zers don't have to say all of that. They communicate it by the way they communicate that. So in an effort to perhaps possibly help you, dear Gen Z XL, I offer you resume builders. It is a study that does not make Gen Z look very good, especially in the eyes of managers and the people who hire them. But that isn't the point of this. It is not to rail. It is instead intended to encourage you to think biblically, because I think you have a really huge opportunity here to excel. If the majority of your peers aren't trying hard and you do, even a little bit, you are going to blast past them. The study that I think we read last week, I think it was from Hicks Study Institute. They went around in the handsome Hicksmobile polling people about intelligence, and they discovered that this the, the upcoming generation, their IQ is dropping. That doesn't have to be you. If, if you've got peers that can't read a book, start reading books. You, you, you're just going to rocket past them. I'm telling you, your competition, the field, it's a thin field right now. And if you get about the business of blanking, you'll do well. You say fill in the blank. Here it is. If you go about the business of growing in sanctification, of looking more like Jesus Christ, you will excel. Why? Because that's the way the world works. Whether we like it or not, God has baked certain truths into the universe for the operation of it, the laws of nature, if you will. So, so here's, here's something that you can be pretty much assured of. If you study, read books, go about the business of being smart, you'll do well. Why? Because you're looking more like God. And when we act more like God, things tend to go better. This is what the book of Proverbs is all about. If you try to apply yourself to wisdom, overall, things go better. Not a perfect guarantee. You'll never have any bumps in the road. But as you drive your handsome Hicksmobile, it's going to be a whole lot smoother because of the luxury ride, of course, of the handsome Hicks. You will experience blessing because you are in alignment with the way reality has been made to operate. So here's the resume builder. 75% is like 74.8, something like that. 75% of managers and business leaders say that Gen Z, those are people born from 1997 onward, are more difficult to work with than other generations. Do you want to excel? Do better than, well, we'll just say 74%. Just don't be hard to work with. Be, be like a Commodore song. Easy. Like a Sunday morning. Get along. Fit in. 
Do the things that Christians do, and you will excel. 20% of business managers and leaders included in the survey said they had to fire Gen Z employees within the first week of their start date. After just a month, that number rose to 27%. Your competition, it ain't great. Be godly. Don't just strive to do these things because you will advance. Strive to be these things because you are becoming like Jesus in doing so. And here's the bonus. You'll probably get a bonus. You'll get a reward. You'll get advanced. You'll make more money. You will be given more responsibility. You will be assigned greater things to do. One of the top reasons Gen Zers are being canned from their jobs is that they are too easily offended. Okay. Learn to not be offended. This is the book of Proverbs. If if here, if you want to just advance in life, if you're a Gen Zer, read the book of Proverbs and get it. I mean, think it through and get it. Okay, this is what real wisdom, this is God's mind on pages for me. I'm going to read those. I'm going to strive to digest those and act on those. And wah and la, your life is going to go better. Receive wisdom, the proverbial fool, because this is the fool that the Proverbs describe. They don't take any advice. Don't need anything. I don't need nothing. I got this figured out. And that's appropriate. You don't have to be a Gen Z to feel that way. Some of us have that more than others. We're a fool. We're just a fool. Even at my age. Why did my lower back hurt when I said that? Even in my, okay, anybody older than me, I'm a fool if I don't listen. Or they, an 80-year-old comes alongside of me and says, Sonny, because that's what they can call anybody younger than themselves. Sonny, I do believe that you've uh, got to take a look at the way you're talking to people. No, I'm offended. I'm a fool if I feel that way. And so are you if you're a Gen Z. Your peers are offended. Don't be. The managers say they like to challenge you. Don't do that. You say, why not? Because you should honor those in authority and recognize that anybody who is in authority, they know more than you do. Even when you think they don't, they do. So be wise. Download it. Don't challenge. Digest it. I remember being at a dinner with Hugh Hewitt. I don't know if you're familiar with Hugh. He's a talk show host, nationally syndicated talk show host. Theology, eh, but a very brilliant guy and a really brilliant mind. And I remember being at dinner with him and a bu- there were a bunch of talk show hosts. I think it was like Prager and maybe Gallagher and Medved. And, and, and Hewitt was in a way holding court because he kept asking everybody questions. So he's asking his peers, hey, how do you handle this? How do you prep for that? How do you cover that story? And he just kept asking questions to the point where when it was done, I had a chance to ask him a question privately. And I said, how come you just you were just peppering everybody with questions? And I rem- his answer was like, duh. He said, well, I, I know what I know, but I don't know what they know. So if I want to know more. Rather than spewing what I know, I'm going to ask people what they know. That's smart right there. And you're smart if you do likewise. They think they know everything about the digital world and they can teach me. They think they're better than you, smarter than you, more capable than you, and they will tell you to your face. 
honor those in authority. That is a biblical mandate. And I'm telling you, whoever your boss is, you're going to shine. You're going to shine. They don't think that you go the extra mile. Do you know where that phrase comes from? The extra mile? That comes from Jesus. If the soldier compels you to carry their gear for a mile, go the extra mile. Go two miles. Do more than what you're supposed to do. I'm telling you, you're acting like Jesus when you do so. And you will advance and and you're going to succeed and do better because your peers just aren't doing these things. And it's not just a generational difference. There's some of that to be certain. And we can have a debate about work-life balance, but if it's a biblical principle and you adhere to it and you personify it, Things are just going to go better. That's how it works. So if you're a Gen Zer, you've got yourself a great opportunity to do great things because, well, it appears your peers aren't trying. This is Wretched Radio. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe, and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. You know, what used to be a movie is now a sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault, but we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz, and they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2, tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare? 
www.affordablehealthshow.com slash wretched. Affordable Biblical Health sharing Christians paying for other Christians medical bills which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff second of all you can save on average $500 per month and finally MediShare it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years it works and the members including myself and Mrs. Friel love it which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance if inflation has got you down call up the people at metashare 844-34-BIBLE or metashare.com slash wretched attributes of god Psalm 115 verse 3 says that God does all that He pleases. God is sovereign over His whole creation. He has the right and the power to govern all things according to His will. Nothing occurs in your life that God in His sovereignty has not allowed. He is working all things for His glory and the good of those who love Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. As long as I'm playing the role of... Karen, this is Wretched Radio. If you're a Gen Zer, would like to offer an alternative to the advice you're getting from the world to deal with your loneliness. Pollsters say, Jimmy, did you do this survey? Absolutely. Cool. The Gen Z is the loneliest generation ever. They have more friends on social media, more Facebook, Instagram followers, and yet they feel so lonely. They're lacking community. And the world, who invented the devices that are forcing you to feel lonely, have come up with some solutions. And I've got a better suggestion for you. Here's some advice from Vox.com. How to find your people. You want to find the folks that you just spend time with that you really like and they really like you, well, here's here's what the world would suggest. Go to movies or restaurants alone. There you go. You can, can do that. Make plans outside of work with that coworker you think is cool. You could, yeah, that you could do. If you got a coworker you think is cool, you could, you know, become their friend. Reach out to someone you only see in drinking situations to do something non-drinking during the day. That's there's some advice. Here's one. Go to a dog park. Huh. So you go to a dog park, Jimmy, and you're going to find yourself some community going on there. Maybe. By the way, we were actually at the dog park. <laughs> Corgis are fascinating dogs. These little stump leg dogs, the, the queen's dogs, those, those long furry ones that look like they couldn't, they couldn't run faster than a toddler. This corgi was in the dog pen with a dog there whose legs were probably about, I don't know, a foot tall, maybe 12, 14 inches tall. And it was a young dog, very fast. Yet the corgi had the cornering ability and just kind of a sense of where to go to cut off the runner. It was fascinating. And it explained, oh, corgis are actually herding dogs. Little stumpy leg corgis herding dogs. Thanks for bringing up the subject. Todd, here's maybe another way to go about the business of finding friends. Now, you can go to the dog park. I didn't make friends with the corgi owner. Didn't work out. Tried. Didn't work out. Here's an alternative for you. You want to find your people? 
join a local church, get yourself involved, start hanging out with those people. And you say, but those people just aren't my cup of tea. Hold it. Are you certain? What are you judging? What are you evaluating? Are you looking for somebody who looks a certain way? Are you looking for somebody who dresses a certain way? Somebody who has interests in some of the hobbies that you enjoy? Because if that's what you're seeking, honestly, that's probably never going to be a really profound friend. What you're seeking, those are surface things. Tony Wood did a video. I'm telling you, we got to play it one of these days. Jim, or did we play it already? Did I ever share that? I'm not sure. Tony Wood video? I don't think so. All righty. The Tony Wood video, he's talking about when you go about the business of dating, what are you looking for? Because if you're just looking at the external stuff, oh, you really, oh, I really dig that. Oh, your dress is so cool. Then you're you're looking at externals and it's probably not going to last very long. You got to be looking for the deeper stuff. And if you become a member of a local church, you are going to have the deep stuff in common with them. You're going to have faith in Jesus Christ in common with them. And that's the big thing. And you will develop friendships and relationships that are way more profound than people who own corgis like you do. So please, if you are looking for community, please get yourself to a local church. Jimmy? Yes, sir. Guess what I just found while I was multitasking? What? I just found Tony Wood. Oh, I thought you found dog videos. I do find dog videos. <laughs> no, you do. You know, I wish, though, that they'd stop putting in the the dog videos that are, like, the dog is so... I'm glad they get rescued, but I just don't like watching the part yeah. where they are just so emaciated. All right, let's see if I can play this without a commercial popping up. I doubt it. There's the commercial. Yeah. All right, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Live radio. Hey, that's the way that it works sometimes. So this ad is going to be done in three, two, one. <laughs> and now, Tony Wood. Really long introductory music. One of the questions that we get a lot of for the gospel is the dating of non-Christians. Let me try to answer that simply by breaking up each of those statements, dating and non-Christians. One thing that a lot of you may not know, and please listen to me, young man or young woman, wherever you're sitting, is that dating is a relatively new invention. Uh, dating is a really a failed experiment of the modern 20th century. Before you wonder, what does dating a non-believer have to do with joining a local church and finding community? Hang in there for the ride. The whole idea of dating is an outside-in proposition, uh, whereby if you were to picture with me the Venn diagram of concentric circles of what a person could look like, meaning that their soul is the center of who they are, the feelings are maybe a ring outside of that, and then outside of that is the physical makeup or the body of an individual. Dating by its very nature is outside in. When we date someone, we're looking at the outside, the physicality of them based on the laws of attraction. When you go to a dog park, all you're learning about is somebody's dog preference. But you're not getting to the inner. Do you see the connection here? And maybe we get to go out with them and at some point move from the outside into a discussion about our feelings, our feelings towards one another, or our feelings towards who we want to be in our future together. 
But one thing that rarely, if ever happens in a dating relationship, the way it's done right now in our world, is finding out the soul of that person, the values of that person, the faith of that person, the very thing that drives that individual. You will find that you have all of those things in common with peers who are found in your local church. So sadly, in our context, we take a young couple and we send them off into a dark theater to figure out the most important decision of their life all on their own, which is interesting because we don't do that anywhere else. We don't do that with baseball. We don't do it with music. We don't do it with art, only with this thing called dating. And that inevitably is why it fails because it's outside in. By the time we ever find out what's inside that heart, we're already grafted in and attracted to them based off the physical and the feelings, which leads us to part number two, the dating of a non-Christian. Now, hopefully you understand what's in the soul, the very center of an unbeliever. What resides there? What resides in the center there is nothing but iniquity and death, nothing but rebellion and darkness because they're unregenerate, meaning they cannot glorify God no matter how hard they wanted to, and meaning they couldn't love you sacrificially even if they tried. So friends, by the very definition of dating and by the very definition of being a non-Christian, you putting yourself in the hands of that individual will lead to nothing but catastrophe. That's why Paul said, by the way, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse don't be unequally yoked. 14. He said, don't be bound together with unbelievers. What relation has light and darkness, righteousness and lawlessness? What possible relation could there be between Christ and the devil? Friends, the reality is that there can be none. So the dating of a non-Christian would be a very, very poor idea for the man or the woman of God. Does that mean that you can't ever have unbeliever corgi owning friends no doesn't but don't expect to be best friends with them you can't be even if they become kind of your knock around pal they can't be a best friend because you're only attracted to the external stuff maybe internal personality stuff but not the inner core who they really are you can't connect with them it's all going to be superficial to some that you play a game, you go to the dog park, sports, whatever the, the connector happens to be. Very, very external, very, very trite by comparison to the inner man. And the same thing is true with getting married to somebody. Why date somebody? Now, this is different. I, I think you can have unbelieving friends. To date an unbeliever is a fool's errand. What are you doing? Dating should be marching toward marriage. And if the individual doesn't qualify by being a believer, then you are doing nothing but setting yourself up and the other person up for lots and lots of trouble. If you would like relationships that are deeper and you might have to get over some of the external preferences that you maybe have, well, there's nobody in my church who actually owns a corgi. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a bummer, I guess. But they do possess a faith in Jesus Christ. They do have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. You are one in Christ. So thank you for letting me be a Karen. If you're a Gen Zer and you're looking for community, you're going to find it in your local church. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.